0: Not become a patron of the geocache talk network what are you waiting for patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at three dollars a month to sign up is easy simply go to the geocache talk website and click on the become a patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk patrons now get the famous blackout coin invites to special events and other really great items throughout the year become a patron today have you subscribed to ftf magazine yet
1: Hello and Hello. welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Ch- the Geocache Talk network. We broadcast live on the first Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player.
2: In this episode, we'll be chatting about many different aspects of the Fizzy Challenge. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your Challenge Cash Finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner.
1: And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. We of. (laughs) (laughs) So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one year membership to Project GC. And later on, we'll highlight some of the challenge caches that you've found, and someone will win our monthly giveaway. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cash the Line. Hello. So how has your month been? Have you been doing any challenge caching over November?
2: I got three challenge caches in in November because I got to travel a little bit. So I got a lot of geocaching in because I got to travel. But I found the challenge I used for the geo challenge of the month was a guard rare challenge where you had to find 30 Guardrail caches, and then it was in a guardrail. Um, but it could be. It was kind of funny. It was an old um, bookkeeping challenge. Um, you just had to remember there. So there was no proving. You just had to remember which caches were hidden in a guardrail, and so I did. <laughs> and then I also found one for finding twenty-five letter boxes, and one called the Ella Oregon Challenge, finding at least ten traditional caches in Oregon, and logged two different caches with more than a thousand favorite points each from oregon so it kind of you know if you've been to the original stash you've got this um pretty much Mm -hmm. So yeah but someone put out a challenge about it so basically i found yeah i found caches that i already qualified for so i wasn't really working towards anything but i got to claim three
1: Well, technically, yeah, if you've already qualified, but you haven't found it, and you haven't really completed the challenge yet, part of the challenge is finding. Well, there you go.
2: So I completed (laughs) the fine of three challenges.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a lot, and especially Oregon, they've got it's it's near the uh, the hub of geocaching, so there's bound Mm -hmm. to be tons with uh, loads of favorite points. Correct. I uh <laughs> I started watching the darker shade on my date found grid. Oh, uh, fun. So, yeah, if you know in the in your geocaching profile stats, your year grid, so dates of January to December from 1st to 31st, they they jump a shade darker at certain num- numerical increments. Mm-hmm. So there's um uh the, the darkest or I think the next one up is 26 finds per date. And so I've been working on the one below that, which is 11 finds per date. And okay. there's still quite a lot of days that you don't have, I don't have 11 finds per date yet, but I started in April. So I got to keep going until March. So that's going to still take up a lot of uh, time and, and travel to do that.
2: Yeah. Do you think you'll be able to make it this go around or will you have to go another year?
1: I think 11, yes. 26, I'm toying with whether I want to start working for 26 on every date starting January 1st. Okay. I don't know, I might wait until April again. That sounds <laughs> it's so enough.
2: much fun. I can't possibly <laughs> do numbers challenges like that, but boy, it sounds fun, I would love to do it.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps if you've, if you've still got loads of caches around you to find. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm also doing the challenge date year grid, so finding a challenge cache on every date of the year grid. And right now that takes a lot more effort because my closest qualified challenge is about 50 to 60 minutes drive from home.
2: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> <And> <laughs> until until March, there's at least half the days of the months don't have a challenge cash find. So it's a whole lot of traveling.
2: <laughs> okay, so you I kind of was imagining you living in this challenge rich area. So I guess maybe not so much or not that you have unfound
1: right there there's yeah. so the 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 real dense portion near me is within that 45 to 60 minutes there's Hamilton Ontario uh, and Mississauga basically that little golden horseshoe around uh, Lake uh, Ontario I think mm-hmm. it is yeah and uh, so there's a there's a number of uh, geocachers who are very challenge-minded who keep publishing so many <laughs> so a lot of them it's qualified but Yeah, if I look at the challenge map, it's just this big hole around where I live because I've found them all or they're not there. Yeah. So it'll take a lot of work still. But, um, oh, and there are a bunch of have you cached their challenges. So simplistically saying, finding a cache in certain states. If you found a cache in this state, you can qualify. So just like one cache? Yeah. Oh, You got that one shaded on your map, you're good to go. And there's a lot of those.
2: I guess <laughs> that shows how simple a challenge cache can be. <laughs> Your ideas right. don't have to be extreme. <laughs>
1: yep, and it's one for the for the travelers. Um, but yeah, for November's geo challenge, uh, I, I because I've been finding so many challenges throughout November, uh, I wanted to make one a little more special. So there was one challenge that was sitting on the map that was really bugging me, and that was to find a cache that was placed on every date of the year. So it's not that you have to cash on those dates. The birthday date
2: challenge to... kind of thing.
1: Basically, yeah. Well, you need to find a cash that was placed on a certain month and a certain date, fill up that mm-hmm. hole in the grid. Mm-hmm. And there was one date that I haven't found hadn't found any cash that qualified for that one, because they also had to be of difficulty three or higher, oh. <laughs> which <laughs> it made it a five, I think it's a five difficulty challenge. So you have to fill 365 days find a cache on all 365 dates of difficulty three or higher. And January 29th was the last one that I needed. And the only cache, probably within one, 200 kilometers of home, was one multi that was placed on a January 29th and it was a four and a half, five terrain, multi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So on the last day of November, I went out and uh, made an effort to find that cache and I live streamed the effort it's a double five it's a multi so it's a five terrain multi which means at least two stages so this one was two stages of five terrains and it was just me and i was like i don't feel so confident doing this just myself so i got i I contacted the cash owner and she came out and helped and watched and made sure that everything was good
2: good that (laughs) means i presume you found it if she was there she made sure it happened
1: it was found and qualified finally (laughs) But push yourself. That's what I like to say. Safely, of course. Fun, fun. But uh, yeah, that was quite the adventure. But Geo Challenge complete. If you have worked on uh, the Geo Challenge for November, then comment or post a comment and uh, we'll see how many people. Because like we said last show, it was quite a nice coincidence that uh, Joshua and Lisa came on to chat about the geo challenge. And then days later announced that the challenge, the geo challenge for November was to find a challenge cache.
2: (laughs) And if you're a part of that geo challenge face group, then it was fun to see all the accomplishments all month long of the different Mm -hmm. challenges people were accomplishing.
1: That's right. It's good inspiration. So we also like to, uh, do a little bit of a review of the current challenge caching stats according to Project GC. And on their dashboard, they have a little box in the corner that gives a little bit of a technical overview of their stats. So as of this afternoon, there are now 7139 active scripts, which is up 117. And these are the little scripts that handle all of the challenge checker algorithms. Uh, So they could do a whole variety of uh, parameters and everything, but individual scripts. That's still a lot of uh, programming. (laughs) Um, We have 38,528 unique challenges, and those are different parameter sets. So, uh, you know, we could have, there could be 50 challenges around the world, all exactly the same. So they're Mm -hmm. individual listings, but they all use that same parameter set. So challenge concepts are up 271 from last month. Nice. And there are 47,304 active tags. So those are those individual checkers, the one per GC code, and that's up 396. The thing to remember with these stats is that these are just the stuff that Project GC has. They're not necessarily active published challenge caches. Mm-hmm. So we also like to show the geocaching website's search results for the number of active challenge caches worldwide, and that is up to 32,337, which is up only 81 since last month. And that's by attribute search. So if you're looking for challenge caches and you are a premium member, you can search for them by filtering for the challenge cache attribute. So it seems like it might have been a slow-ish month, slow-ish. but we've still got new, new <laughs> uh, challenge caches. So our topic for tonight, because we're getting kind of fizzy. Speaking of fizzy, I spilled my drink on my keyboard just before the show, so hopefully yeah, nothing goes wrong. Getting kind
2: of sticky tonight. But Jeff, <laughs> yeah. we can't forget our news. We have a huge piece of news for this weekend.
1: Yes, podcast right. So Mm -hmm.
2: make sure you guys tune in this Sunday, starting at 4 p.m. Central, for eight full hours of nonstop podcasting, Mm -hmm. broadcasting live, Um, a whole lineup of amazing topics. We should just go through those, right? Sure. So we start with Christmas in England. Then we go to Adventures of A and K with Adam and Catherine. 6 p.m. Central. I think a huge draw for a lot of folks is going to be this mm-hmm. hour. Richard Garriott and Mike Dubno um, to the stars and the ocean. These, this Richard Garriott has hidden a cache in the ocean. And what is it? The Mariana Trench.
1: Yeah. So it's these are two. Exceptions to standard geocache listings. Sure. And <laughs> also in
2: space. <laughs> yes.
1: So technically, he has hidden a uh, geocache on the ISS, and technically, he has hidden an earth cache in, or is it a, ca- no, I think it's, you know, it's just an earth cache in the Marianas Trench. And the difference with the Marianas is that uh, there is something you have to find, something physical you need to find at the bottom of to the prove. ocean. And I was saying that, that wrong.
2: How do you say that? Marianas Trench? I'm not
1: quite sure. I I've, I Googled it before, and it kind of, it's, there are both ways. The Mariana Trench and Marianas Trench. They called it the Marianas Trench, so I'm just going to go with that.
2: So listen <laughs> on Sunday and see what Richard says.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, and I think I might have got them mixed up, because the rain rainbow hydrothermal vents, that's the earth cache with the thing okay. that's at the bottom of the ocean.
2: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, uh, or, yes. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> There's two Earth caches at <laughs> the bottom of the Let us talk ocean.
2: about it. They know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but the ISS, yes, is a physical cache. But the if you, know, if you were following Snag the Tag, which is another side game, they have a high and low theme following these two aspects as well. Low, of course, being the Mariana's Trench. But the high is Mars because uh, recently geocaching visited Mars with a travel bug. Yes. So that's as high as geocaching has made so far. And uh, so lots of stuff to chat about with Richard and Mike, yeah.
2: Right. And then the schedule continues with Joshua, the geocaching vlogger, for two hours. One hour welcoming Gia Caches as a lackey, new lackey at HQ. And an hour with Rich of the channel, Kino. And then we go into Coins for Kids crew with Neil, Jason, and Craig. At 10 p.m. Central, the whole um, network will be on to play Jackbox with our audience. and we will end at 11 p.m. Central with Brian Roth, president and founder of Geocaching.
1: Yep, it is a absolutely jam-packed eight hours. It's going to be we do awesome. this every year. We are fundraising for the uh, St Jude's St Jude Children's Hospital. Uh, and this year, the aim, the goal is to r- raise ten thousand dollars right.
2: That's the most important part of all this. it's It's super mm-hmm. fun. It's eight amazing hours, but it is for raising money for kids and their families and cancer research. It's an amazing cause. The research is shared around the world because it's so important. And Mm -hmm. so we just want to do our part in giving back. And and that's what we've chosen to give back to every year. So please join us, donate and have fun. There will be prizes for people who donate as well.
1: That's right. And if you want to know more, then you can visit geocashtalk.com slash hope or podcastofhope.com. Those will take you to all of the information that you need, the links, the video, all of that. Yep. So hope to see you there because it's going to be a fun day. (laughs) got <laughs> a long day a long fun
2: day <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> also starting december 6th we have a new reach the peak month we are now heading to denali that is a mountain that's at that sits at 6190 meters altitude and if you aren't aware reach the peak is basically a monthly souvenir challenge that uh, geocaching HQ is giving us where you can earn souvenirs for your profile by climbing quote the mountains to reach the top so you find geocaches to earn points and when you get to the top you can earn these souvenirs uh the benefit is the first cache you find in that month you reached base camp
2: base camp souvenir (laughs) all you got to do is
1: find one cache, (laughs) and that's the base camp souvenir but uh yeah this month we're heading up denali which is now just over 6,000 meters, which means that number of points. And they've chosen to focus on multi-caches this month, which earns you 750 points per find.
2: Yeah, so that's the cache with the most points, but many other caches, well, all cache mm-hmm. finds have points. It just goes down from there based on the right.
1: type. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious about the point distribution, you can visit geocaching.com play slash leaderboard, and that will show you your friend's leaderboard. So if you have friends connected with your profile, then that'll show you all your friends points. But you can also check out the breakdown of point distribution for what you can find to climb the mountain. Yeah,
2: I haven't climbed Mount Denali. Of course, I don't haven't climbed any mountains, but I am in the 30% (laughs) club for being able to see it because it's so frequently concealed. Um, So if you're in the thirty percent club, let let us know in the chat. I'd love to know who's in the who I'm in the club with.
1: That's right. And uh, sometimes it's inspiring to see people get the points on the leaderboard, and sometimes it um,
2: sometimes uh, it makes you wonder what what are these people doing? How do they have infinitely more points than I do?
1: Yeah. So the uh, the leaderboard hasn't updated yet. It's still at Kilimanjaro for November, but um, so far seventy five thousand six twenty five is mine. There was a number of caches, but uh, yeah, I mean, it 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 highlights your first, second, and the third. So gold, silver, and bronze, and your top ten, and then where you are. I'm down in nineteenth place of all of my friends.
2: <laughs> I haven't even looked. <laughs> I'm sure I'm very low. I have reached the peak, but I'm sure I'm ton of people have passed me. Um, Karen says, I need to delete a few, so I'll look better. (laughs) A few friends. (laughs) That is one way to make yourself look better on your leaderboard. (laughs) That's how you can earn gold. Yes. (laughs) That's great.
1: So this month we're uh, talking about the fizzy grid Mm -hmm. and you know, it's probably one of the most common challenges that, uh, that that's talked about by people who are looking at statistics. It's, it's the easiest and most fun to try to complete. Um, if you aren't aware, it's just basically a 9 by 9 grid of the combination of all the difficulty and terrain ratings. And one fizzy grid is finding all 81 DT combinations.
2: I still remember the day that I finished mine with a kayak cache and... It was just Mm -hmm. a wonderful feeling for that basic Mm -hmm. fizzy grid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The five terrains are some of the best, in my opinion, some of the best experiences because they get you out doing more than, you know, just necessarily hiking or finding lampposts. Like you're now, you're most likely you are using some other kind of mode of transportation like a Mm -hmm. boat. Having a real
2: memorable adventure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So finding that fizzy grid, finding your first fizzy grid is just the first step. Because these days, uh, it is, at least in my area, in my region, it's a growing popularity to create challenges of a much more filtered set of caches. So for example, fizzy grids of cache types, Mm -hmm. so only a certain type of cache, or a fizzy grid using only of caches that have a specific attribute. Um, Or uh, fizzy grids within a certain region like a county or a province or a state and so it gets harder and harder with some of those but at the Parameters, same time like we, yeah yeah like we like we like to say with challenges it uh, it gets you uh changing your game just a little bit
2: mm-hmm. a new focus um, a new chat personal challenge
1: right and so there are some strategies that we'd like to uh, to go over just to help um, figure out <laughs> how to qualify for those. And, uh, you know, that's the other thing. Sometimes these challenges may take years to qualify. And sometimes you could do them within a month. That might even be a challenge in itself. But uh, the fun part, again, is just setting that goal and working towards completing it. Mm-hmm especially when it gets you traveling and seeing new places. That's one of my favorite aspects of it.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: So I don't know if, uh, how dense of an area your region is, how many cat, how cash dense it is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So it's pretty cash dense, but I would say not with many terrain combinations. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, we do have a guy on the i5 corridor, southern Douglas County who for that reason started hiding um, some varying difficulties and yeah. terrains so that you could come in and complete a whole fizzy grid in his area. Um, so I I use that to my advantage to get my second fizzy loop on the traditional, you know, just straightforward challenge, and so if I continue at it, I'll be able to fill that loop again, or you know, get a get a third loop, because of what he's hidden. Mm-hmm. So one guy has made it possible. Um, that's what my area looks like,
1: and, and I think that's another helpful thing because there are some cash owners that uh, whether they, for statistical purposes, want to hide a variety. Or want to provide a certain experience, they will actually go out and try to hide as many DTs, DT combinations as possible. Yeah. Um, it, it, and
2: even, you know, once upon a time when I lived in Pennsylvania, there was someone, he didn't hide the whole grid, but he was looking at typical grids, his grid, some folks he knew, to see what do a lot, what are a lot of people missing in this area? Mm-hmm. And so just recognizing a need and uh, filling that need.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in a sense, it's like you uh, you earn the difficulty in terrain if the cash is there. And I think some cash owners might bump the challenge difficulty based on how many qualifiers there are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think some people might get upset if it's like they know that there's only two qualifiers within a two hundred kilometer distance, so they bump the difficulty. But then some people go out and start placing caches to make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> so eh, you never know. It's risk. a good <laughs> it's a good thing to watch for uh cash owners who like to do that because chances are they're making some challenges a little bit easier to qualify for. But uh yeah, even when we're talking about things like cash dense um, regions. Like you can look at the map and you can see where there's gaps, uh, and there's very few caches out in the countrysides, but then anywhere there's just, it's just so dense. There's no room. Those are more like urban areas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think for the most part in urban areas, you won't get a big variety of DT spreads. I agree. Um, because most of the time, yeah, they'll be in city parks. You might get a difficulty range because of exactly, things like Exactly, because of the muggle factor. Required. Yeah, mm-hmm. stealth
2: required, urban camo kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. But then if you look for things like some of these power trails, or um, in Ontario we've got uh, river trails, so you can find ah. winding rivers. And those might give you a whole bunch of higher uh, terrains. Oh, that looks terrains. so
2: beautiful. I would love to come there and do that. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we have uh, a, a few geocachers and uh, groups of friends who like to go out for day trips and place caches along our long stretches of rivers. And then we often go out in groups, group days to go uh, paddling or floating down the rivers and get as many as you can <laughs> within a day. Very popular, and that really bumps up a lot of the uh, more difficult, uh, higher terrains. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, looking for power trails could be helpful. Um, Themes or filtering for specific cache owners. uh, Those are just things to start out trying to find um, where there could be varieties. The other thing now, though, with the advanced search, uh, you can search for uh, specific difficulties and terrains mm-hmm. um, if you remember in the in your profile stats there's a link now to uh, to immediately jump to search that will show you all of the DTs that you need need to complete your next fizzy loop but here if you know that you need say a letter box that uh, or let's say you needed three you needed a, Two and a half difficulty with a two-terrain and a one and a half difficulty with a three terrain, those are the two holes in your letterbox physically. You can do that search and return all of the caches that you need to find. So mm-hmm. it's a helpful way to find qualifiers, but that's it, it's it's still just one manner of searching. Yeah, it didn't actually return anything.
2: You're, no results.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> was just random. Um, so yeah, there, there's, there are quite a few variety, there's a variety of ways to do these searches. And um, everybody's got their favorites. But um, uh, so yeah, you find find something that works for you and add them to bookmark lists, get them on, on some, like download them to your GPS, do something like that. So that when you're out and about, and you know that there is one that you need, you can find it. Right. Because you need it. Always be prepared. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I... I think another trendy thing that might be, might be fairly regional, but you might have some in your area are mini fizzies. Around here, we have quite a few where uh, to make things easier for some people, um, you have the challenge is to find nine caches that fit one terrain or one difficulty. Right, right. Um, Yeah. So difficulty one to five of terrain two would be a mini fizzy.
2: Yeah, and, and that's kind of like you know, kind of what we talked about in other episodes. Maybe like a uh, bronze, silver, and gold level type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working your way towards the doability of the whole, the
1: bigger yep. challenge. It's like bite-sized chunks of the fizzy. Yes,
2: bite-sized <laughs> fizzy. <laughs>
1: hey, Yum. that's a good name. I like that one. <laughs> um, but that way, at least you know you can finish uh, finish a mini fizzy and get rewarded for it, and you know right. that you're one step closer. So it's a, it's a good way to uh, to get uh, newbies or beginners to uh, to work towards a complete fizzy. And you might be able to place more of those if, say, you're looking for a mini-fizzy of, I don't know, webcams. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> because those are so extremely rare, or any other another cache type that's extremely rare, you might not be able to place a full fizzy challenge for something like that. But you could place a mini-fizzy. Uh, those are still allowed, so you can look for those, and that'll uh, put you closer and closer towards the fizzy.
2: Yeah, you know, I kind of forgot about those kind of mini fizzies, and I've I have found a few of those in the past, and it's I I like them. I I think it's a great idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, now I had we we had gone to some places to on social media to ask for um, places that you may know of that have. Uh, a a variety of difficulty and terrains for specific properties, like cache types or attributes. And and there were a number of places uh, that people had suggested. And I think one of them is yours that you mentioned in Oregon.
2: I put that on there. (laughs) So I mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I I took a look at the map um, along the I-5, and it's it, i guess these are all published by or not all of these on on the screen right now but fx bill has published a number of caches along the i5 in mm-hmm. southern oregon
2: for that purpose which is
1: a good example of you know go for a drive follow some of the side roads and i think the, it doesn't didn't look like there was a series name to them but no, be... he'll
2: he'll name like mini series of names, but he really didn't name them for the fizzy. So you'll have to do the, the search by your terrain and difficulty, what you need.
1: Yeah. And it looks like there is a good variety of uh, difficulties and terrains. A lot of these are high difficulty in the, the section that I'm looking at right now. But um, yeah, zooming out, you can see that there are little stretches, chunks along the side roads parallel to the I-5. And so if you're in Oregon, this could be a good destination, a good drive day. And uh, you'll
2: get poison oak. That's what I have to be (laughs) careful of with his caches. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to do them except for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This would be a good example of finding traditionals to complete a traditional fizzy. I think most people will find traditional fizzy to be the easiest uh, non-generic fizzy to complete, mm-hmm. um, and unknowns a close second. Because I think what happens is with uh, unknowns, people will make geo arts and shapes um, and to to fill as many DT grids as possible. So I think those challenges that require fizzy's of specific types, the uh, unknowns and traditionals are the easiest. Like for example. Uh, it's been mentioned a few times before, Sodak Zach's eighty one grid <laughs> of puzzle caches. Yeah. <laughs> in South South Dakota near Sioux Falls. Uh and these are uh they've got tons of geo art there. <laughs> I love it. I but yeah, eighty one uh un- I mystery really caches. I really like
2: how that's in a grid that looks like the fizzy grid. <laughs> that's just great. <laughs> it's yeah, so it makes simple, it a lot but... You can pick it out of the crowd. Yep.
1: <laughs> and similar to that, we've got uh, the one that we had a show about uh, a while back, um, Andrei and Alan Koroleva's 81 grid, which or 81 cube, which is an actual cube of unknowns shaped uh, like a cube. And again, all puzzles mm-hmm. and all of the difficulties and terrains are as accurate to the rating as possible. So look for those because chances are, people who want to complete a grid will be doing whole series they'll be probably targeting series like this um, and word will get out so right yeah watch social media for that too because you could find probably quite a few series that will give you those fizzies.
2: yeah you know I look at my statistics and you're right uh, the unknown is my second most fizzy by type level of success. I don't, I'm not sure how I'm saying that there, but <laughs> I have 48 out of 81 on my unknown grid, um, oh, with yeah. my traditional grid filled. So yeah, the unknown definitely is the.
1: Yeah.
0: you got your half grid.
2: Most frequent. I have a half grid, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's another easy, uh, um, quantity that for people to aim for is just a half grid. Um, now there is another location that is, uh, that was mentioned there's 26 letter boxes so again this is kind of a a drive a roadside thing Um, and if so if you're trying to complete a fizzy of letter boxes you could look for something like this a whole bunch of letter boxes all grouped together and this one is a series of 26 it's not a complete one so the idea behind this is that uh, you're not necessarily looking for a set of caches that will give you all eighty-one. You're mm-hmm. looking for kind of clumps of caches that are that are similar that have a wide variety, so that you know you can go there and find a whole bunch towards the fizzy, uh, instead of going searching and picking individuals all over the place to try to complete a fizzy. It's a lot more efficient to pick a bunch off at the same time.
2: And I'll tell um, you what, I'd, my, this thought just popped in my head. It is so satisfying to log a cache and fill a box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so simple, but <laughs> so satisfying. Just, you know, one of those things that only geocachers get it, but it's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so this little series of 26 was mentioned and uh, it, I believe, is in Ohio. I think it's south of the border there. Yeah. Uh, and so you could look that up, um, a... North End, one of the caches. I think it's twenty-six letters of the alphabet. Eight is Z. I was
2: going to ask if it's twenty-six. That that's the first thing that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, because they all seem yeah, to have. Yeah, they letters. start with
2: a letter there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, so for example, the E uh, letter box is GC 92 H nine H. So you could look that up for centering, and then uh, and then target that if you want to. Um, uh, so that would be working towards a cash type fizzy for letter boxes. I think one that that's fairly simple. At least in my area, letter boxes are also fairly common. Um, th- people are placing them uh, at the posted coordinates rather than a classic letterbox, which isn't at posted, but you've got to follow instructions to figure out where it is. Mm-hmm. So we've got loads of letter boxes with you know dollar store stamps in them. <laughs> Right. So they're almost it's almost as easy as a traditional fizzy to, <laughs> to complete, but there's far fewer letter boxes.
2: Oh, and that uh, letterbox trail is in is in the state of Indiana.
1: Oh, so it's west of okay, so it's in Indiana west of the border. Uh a multi fizzy. This one <laughs> I think fundamentally a multi fizzy is also a little more work because it's not just one cache. <laughs> right. <be> multiple <laughs> waypoints. <laughs> Um, and so this one, there is a series, it's a half fizzy edition. Uh, so it's, they've actually got 41 caches, uh, of different difficulties and terrains in this series. Cool. And yeah, it is, uh, where is that? You know, it's a lot easier just to open the cache and look at the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the listing, <laughs> uh, so that one is in Alberta and. It's just outside of, I think that's Calgary. No, that's Edmonton. And uh, so you can, you can spot this on the, on the map. You can see all the colored icons in one big clump, kind of like a geo art. And I don't know if you'd be able to do half a grid in one day. Some people like to try that. But um, again, these seem to be roadsides. And I would guess that the posted and final are probably both on the roadside or nearby, like just off a trail or something. Um, But I would hope that the terrain ratings would be relevant.
2: Accurate, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's always, see, and that's the other thing. It's more rewarding when you find a cache where you know that the terrain, you've earned the terrain. Mm -hmm. You know, because some people will place it just for statistics. You know, liar, liar caches, for example, were huge. Right, five, five difficulty, five terrain, and it's a lamppost. <laughs> but you, you describe this outlandish experience finding it, and then everybody who looks it is like, "What are you gonna do for this one?" Oh, it's right. a liar cache. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yeah, like when you complete a fizzy of actual relevant difficulties and terrains, it's so much more satisfying.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like just like you said, it's it's those experiences. Um, our area has a lot of kayak caches, so I've had so many good experiences on the water for those high-terrain uh, searches. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. satisfying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we have another mini fizzy. This one is a Lost Cities series, and for this particular example, it uh, it is of terrain 4.5, and, and it's a geo-art, which means they're all mystery, unknown caches, but they are all different difficulties and terrains. And for example, we've got, let's say the dot of the question mark of the geo lost cities, question mark, is GC2FKAQ. And <laughs> I haven't looked at the puzzles, but I'm apprehensive <laughs> of those high <laughs> difficulties. Uh, let's see what the two terrain puzzle looks like for this series. <laughs> the lost city of Angkor Wat. It is in New Jersey. And it actually looks like a legit puzzle. Um, there's a photo, an image, and somehow you've got to figure out that. So yeah, it's, I guess all of these puzzles are relatively unique and probably fairly legit. <laughs> cool. So that's, another idea. So looking for those series of portions of fizzies can help towards completing it. Uh, But that's a set of caches. So that's not a mini fizzy challenge. That's just a series of nine geocaches to help complete a mini fizzy. Um, One of now, (laughs) recently, one of our local caches has uh, placed quite a few uh, new ideas for challenge caches that are allowed. So We've got, for example, the Gruel Day of the Week Fizzy Challenge. Can you guess what it got to do for that?
2: <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I guess it sounds easy, <laughs> but what is the word "gruel"?
1: So, Carney Gruel is the owner of okay. this one. He's he's one of one of maybe if not the most prolific cashers in our area, and he's got. I think what two thousand hides, something like that, and most of them are challenge caches or half nice. of them are challenge caches. Um, so yes, in this challenge GC8FQWR, here's another perspective of the fizzy challenge: is to find all of the DTs to complete a fizzy on on a each, Monday or on yeah, a Tuesday on each day of the week. <laughs> it so it sounds you need hard.
2: Basically, seven loops. Is this one asking for seven loops?
1: Essentially, yeah. If you have fewer than seven, you won't qualify. Wow. Because it's each day, right? So you need to that have... Is
2: such, that is such a high demand. <laughs> it would never get published here because no one would be near finishing that. <laughs>
1: yeah, because the thing with this is uh, I don't qualify for it yet. I think I've got two days that I still need. Yeah, so um, if you know which DTs you need on which day, then you can at least plan around that. You can say, I need this specific DT on a Thursday. And so you can say, okay, uh, you can search for that DT and then plan. Thursday, I'm going out. This is my lunch trip (laughs) or a night cash or something like that to get that and then qualify for the challenge. In this case, that can be any type, anything. It's just getting that DT on each of the seven days in order to qualify. Um, So that's not just filtering down. That is, like you said, it's seven. You have to have at least seven fizzy grids. There's no overlap. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but days of the week is an allowable filter for challenge caches. So if, if you can somehow figure out how to apply that to another challenge idea, mm-hmm. it's an allowable parameter. Um, and so that that checker is GC8FQWR, if you want to try to add that to your list of challenge personal challenges to qualify for, whether you want to find this cache or not getting that qualifying for that challenge means if anybody else places something like that, you'll be able to find it.
2: (laughs) My first thought is I need to retire first (laughs) (laughs) and have all these Monday through Fridays free.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When he first published all of these day of week challenges, uh, most people going through the checker, you know, you're going to see huge high counts on the weekends Mm -hmm. because everybody was cashing on Sunday and Saturday, not during the week. You either got to go to school or you've got to work, it's a lot harder to qualify for those. So it definitely posed a different type of challenge for people to qualify.
2: Yeah, to add caching to your weekday.
1: Yeah, and then there's also the attribute fizzy. What I would love to see is Project GC providing a way of uh, checking your at- your attribute specific fizzy grids. So, here, for example, we've got another one, the fizzy attribute challenge for not available 24 7. It's uh, GC86G4E. And in this particular one, same thing. You've just got to complete uh, a fizzy grid. So, 81 different DT combinations of caches with that attribute. And I am. So, this, well, okay, this, this particular challenge is 78, not 81. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's 78 because. Maybe there weren't enough of some DTs to be a reasonably qualifiable challenge. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh huh. So so it's down to 78. But to complete that full grid, I, I'm i eight away. How much? Let's see how much uh, Emily is. Emily.
2: <laughs> My not available.
1: Not available 24 7. You are, oh, not too bad. 38 out of 78. Okay. So that's pretty close. So again, this is something that if you're a premium member, you'll be able to search for caches with that specific attribute and then s- the specific difficulties and trains that you want that you need in order to qualify for that uh, full grid.
2: Yeah. When I look at my statistics on my geocachingprofile.com, they have some of these attribute and cache type uh, fizzy statistics. I don't Funny. have any fizzy Full fizzies based on attributes, but my highest one is parking available. Seventy-five out of eighty-one grids.
1: Yes, you know I want. I'm going to look at that because I. Well, I'll load it up later. Um, the, like you said, being able to see that result is really helpful. Um, yeah.
2: The only problem is, like, like it tells me I have seventy-five out of eighty-one but I don't know which 75 I have. So I'm gonna have to go and either find a checker that exists about parking available <laughs> so I can fill in the rest or just start to do some work.
1: Yeah, well, that this leads into the next point. There are some checkers that have been written that will show um, multiple results. So for example, this particular challenge, the nine by nine DT fizzy challenge, uh is to complete a full grid using a combination of a whole bunch of different properties and types but the checkers results show you the breakdown which right. is extremely helpful
2: that is so nice on project GC
1: yeah so in this particular case the mixed the one that's first shown is the mixed grid which is what's needed to qualify and you've basically got to have nine I think nine of each uh, parameter of each, qualifying parameter to fill the 81 grid. And so then it breaks it down and says, okay, these are the ones that you have. So the script behind this to determine if you qualify is just nuts. Mm -hmm. But you get this breakdown. But the most useful thing is that it shows the individual cache types and those DT grids. So I often use this one just to get a view of Okay. How, how far along each type is. On types. So mm-hmm. That's
2: a that's a good tool. I mm-hmm. have used checkers in that way too. They didn't tell me they weren't the checker for what I was looking for, but it what I was looking for was smaller and fit into the checker mm-hmm. to give me my information.
1: Right. And for this, there are two different checkers that I use. Because this particular one for this GC code has one parameter for having found caches with at least 500 favorite points. (laughs) That's one of the requirements. Um, So it does list all the other cache types, but has the 500 plus favorite points Fizzy Grid as well. And that's uh, GC7C42P. The other one uh, is pretty much the same thing, except it doesn't have the 500 plus plus favorite points. It has the webcam Fizzy Grid. Ah. So this one, you'd scroll down and the results look a little different, but this one at least gives you your count as well. So you can see, uh, you can see your traditional fizzy grid. You can see your unknown fizzy grid with all the counts and then the holes for multis, letter boxes, where it goes, earth caches, virtual caches, and webcam caches and events. <laughs> so this one's a little more useful, I think, because it's all cache types, mm-hmm. um, and it shows the actual quantities of each in a DT grid. So that's one to bookmark if you want to quickly find out what your cache type breakdown is. If there is a tool that somebody has that can immediately and quickly show you your breakdown of Fizzy Grids for cache types, I'd love to know. We would uh, include it in the description links uh, references because I think that would be super, super helpful.
2: Oh yeah, these tools can really Um, help, they can inspire. Mm -hmm. Tools are great. When you have the right tool, you can get things done.
1: Yeah. Project GC's profile stats do have some links to to some of their tools and they can be helpful, but I was just taking a look at it myself today to check out the Fizzy tool. And yeah, if you scroll down once it all loads and get to the Fizzy grid, all right, oh, I passed it. Um there is a link to uh, to view a breakdown. So there is a DT matrix tool and okay. it seems at first glance like this should be uh, showing your 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 DT matrix with the filters that you choose, but it's not actually doing that. This is legitimately looking at your complete finds DT grid and if you add a filter, it'll it, it just shows you qualifiers. So in this case, uh, if you just do a basic filter, what you're, what it's doing is with my parameters, I've got me, cash, um, Canada, and Ontario. And if I do the filter, uh, <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> there was a technical problem. Um, it shows you your current DT matrix. So so this is always going to be the same, regardless of your filters, and it shows you which difficulties and terrains you need. But then it uses the filters to tell you where the qualifiers are. Nice. So this tool will only be good for completing a general overall your next fizzy loop or two. Um, So yeah, if, if I wanted to do, say, an earth cache fizzy grid, I could add a filter, cache type, earth cache. But if I filter it, the result says no caches with the selected criteria because what it's trying to do is show me the only the DTs that I need for the general fizzy and there's no earth caches of those DTs. Okay. So it's, so it's not as useful. It would be useful if they allowed you to show specific what, what the results of the DT fizzy grid are for the filters you've chosen. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. I would love that. Hey, project GC. (laughs) Give Give us a Christmas present. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Man, Project
2: so, GC is so amazing. We still have so many oh, yeah. more topics to cover through it. It does more than I ever would know. I am not prolific about it. That's that's a great feature.
1: Yeah, it's it is crack for stats junkies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you can parse the data, you can do it somehow. You just got to get somebody to write the script. <laughs> um, the uh, the last one that I was going to mention was uh, one checker that breaks down. Um, basically, well, this particular challenge, you have to have half grid over five states, but the results will tell you uh, if you qualify for that. And I think this particular script, so a lot of challenges will use the same scripts and give you similar results. Mm -hmm. So this particular one, the results, I don't find as helpful um, because in this sense, in this one I've got, uh, it's hard to understand how it tells you your results. Uh, So the challenge is to find a half grid in five states. And the result says, um, haven't found any groups of 41 or more different. So I I have zero out of five. In other words, I haven't completed any. But to continue working on the challenge, try adding additional DTs to the following two regions for which I have 38 difficulties and terrains. So in this case, it's only showing the two closest qualifiers, Michigan and Ohio, and listing the DTs not even in order. But, you know, at least this will tell you how many states you've got half a grid in. So it, it can be useful for checking, but one of the things with challenge caches is, again, you can find challenges all over the world. So if you can find a challenge for what you're trying to find results for, you can run the checker. Right. And if it's, if it's a good checker, you'll get the results you need. Even if it's not specifically for that challenge, mm-hmm. you could use it elsewhere. Right. Um,
2: I I used the checker in that way when I was determining in my area do I have enough cashers who have found this cash. So I found a checker Mm -hmm. that was had enough of what I needed in it where I could get that information quickly by punching in a bunch of my um, peers' names and and learning that information based on the results.
1: Right. Oh, so uh, Cash Canada has said on the on the main page of that fizzy pick the upper right corner it flips through the six different uh, grids I I seem to recall something and I was trying to remember exactly where it was Um, so looking through the fizzy grid oh right yes Uh, so that's right so on your project GC stats if you go to the difficulty terrain chart that little section in the top right that doesn't look like you can click it (laughs) it doesn't look like a button you can And it'll cycle through the different cache types.
2: Oh, great.
1: Yeah. So that, that's the other quick way to, uh, to get to your cache type fizzy grids.
2: Ah, thank you. Cache Canada. Uh,
1: Yeah. Good reminder on that one. And I think, so it does, it doesn't do all of the cache types, traditional, multi, mystery, letterbox, where I go, earth, cash, virtual, and that's it. So it doesn't do them all, but it gives you a good. Instant instantaneous breakdown of your cash types. So good. I knew it was somewhere and I couldn't remember where. <laughs> they need to make that look like it's clickable.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I mean, if you guys in chat or if you're listening or watching this uh, after, after the show, um, let us know if you've got other strategies for finding qualifiers or for qualifying um, because any tool that we can share that makes things easier would be super helpful to everybody. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I think even another angle on fizzies is a lot of your hides. If you just think about it, you could find a way to notch up the difficulty. Um, Train's subjective, but you know, to, to where you're actually going to hide it. You, you can't really bump what isn't bumpable, but mm-hmm. You know, you can really think about what can I do to this cache to maybe make it something a little more unique, a little more difficult, a little more something, um, and then boost boost those uh, combinations in your area with what you're hiding.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and... Cash Canada just also said not one person in the world has completed all six of those grids as displayed. <laughs>
2: all PC. right, who's the first person in the world? We will have you on our show.
1: <laughs> I think, if I recall, there's only a very small handful of people who have completed a full Earth Cash grid, Fizzy grid. And I know uh, Cash Canada has been working on that, and I think yeah, there's only two Cash left Canada.
2: Have you made it yet? Do you know if they did?
1: And they're going to be on uh, podcast. I hope. For a little bit as well mm-hmm. to chat about uh, about things so watch for that
2: that's so cool what a great um what a great angle to be so specific on a, a fizzy grid i love it four away cash canada says four they're four away. away from a full earth cache fizzy
1: yep it's a tough one to complete <laughs> so um yeah, so again, email us, especially if you uh, if you have any tips and comments and ideas so that we can uh, share with the community and make things easier for everybody. <laughs> and you can email challenge oh, talk whoop. podcast. Oh, there we go, challenge talk podcast <laughs> at gmail.com and let us know. Another comment.
2: Yes. So, Jim Stark says GSAC allows you to filter on anything, and there is a macro to analyze fizzy grid completeness at any round. So, yeah, you know, that's another tool that I am mm-hmm. even less adept at using is GSAC. But <laughs> those of you who know GSAC um, know that it has a lot of capabilities as well.
1: Yeah. No, if you think Project GC is powerful, GSAC is basically everything in the palm of your hand. It's a, a local application that you'd run. It's a Windows application, and you basically download your entire geocaching career into a database. And if you, if you're a programmer at least, you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> so any manner of parsing statistics you could do, um, because you've got tools like exporting to other applications and all that. So, uh, but it's also fairly, fairly user friendly in that. People will write macros that you can just download and install into the application and run them and get the results you want. Um, and so that's that's GSAC, geocaching uh, Swiss Army Knife. And it's no longer being updated. It is, uh, I don't want to say obsolete because it's still extremely useful, but it's it's in its final state. The mm. uh, programmer is, isn't is updating it anymore. Maybe gotcha. somebody else will come along and make a, a, a new version, but... It's, a, it's been around for quite a long time, and it is super powerful. Highly recommend it if you are at least somewhat technically minded. It's the advanced statistical analysis tool.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, on the note of fizzies and knowing how many different fizzies there could be, how many different angles... Um, let us know what you're going to work on. I think looking at my own statistics in my geocaching profile, not only do I see the um, how close I am to finishing with by some attribute types, but I see that in um, my regular fizzy of any different type at all. I have 80 out of 81 in Oregon. So that's Mm. just one more cash that I need in my home state to fill an Oregon fizzy. So that is so doable. So that's awesome. Let us know what you're going to work on to um, maybe fill a certain unique type of fizzy or even finish your fizzy grid for the first time. We want to know about it.
1: Yep, because this is also the last challenge talk of 2021.
2: Yes, so this is a good New Year's challenge, New Year's resolution (laughs) for you guys, for our audience.
1: Yeah, we want to pose it to you guys for 2022's challenges. Work towards either completing a fizzy or some variant of fizzies. And uh, yeah, so whether it's type fizzies, attribute fizzies, location fizzies, we want to see you try to work. Get all fizzy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: I don't know how to be fizzy. I don't know how to physically <laughs> show fizzy.
0: <laughs> we need a can of pop. <laughs> yeah, <But. laughs> exactly. I should have grabbed one.
1: <laughs> so again, yeah, we love to hear from you. Email challenge talk podcast at com and let us know how you're doing. Uh, we love to hear your challenge caching progresses and we will certainly come back to the fizzies in the new year and see how people are progressing. Because uh, Who knows, it might be super difficult for you to complete just one general fizzy in your stats. Mm -hmm. But it might be super easy and you might have a fizzy of five different types and loads of different attributes. Because around here, we've got attribute fizzy challenges out the wazoo. (laughs) so everybody's working on those. So whatever you're able to work on, let us know and uh, we'd love to highlight it. Absolutely. I think it's time that we get to our wheel of challenges or wheel of challenges. I have to, I have to use that. Sound.
2: You have to use it. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful.
1: <laughs> so one live viewer each month will be selected to face off against the wheel and have a chance to win the grand prize, which is a one month premium membership on project GC to enter. Send us an email with the subject containing spin me followed by your geocaching username in brackets, and the answer to the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel and your profile will be checked live on the show. And if you qualify, you win. So, here is your question for December 2021. I'm turning into Kirk. (laughs) How many hours long is the podcast of hope? Come on, come on, people. This should not be a hard one.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've got our tried and true listeners in the chat tonight. We, we should have some answers quickly.
1: We thought he'd make it an easy one for the last show of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully we will have a lot of uh, a lot of donations. It will be a, a busy Sunday.
2: It, you know, last year I remember it was just so exciting watching throughout the hours how our, our donation amount ticking up and then hitting our goal is just so incredibly exciting on a day already so exciting that you're sharing with your geocaching friends with some really great topics. Yeah. It's a day for us and for the kids. I love it.
1: <laughs> and be sure to stand up a few times to if you're sitting yes, down. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. <laughs> no blood clots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we've got quite a few answers coming in. Knew this one would be an easy one. The first one with the correct answer is Cash Addict Mel. The answer is correct. Eight. It is eight hours long. Eight
2: full hours. All right, great. It, Let's it, spin. It,
1: it ends at one o'clock AM in my time. Your time. Zone. time? Ooh. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> so we have the wheel of challenges. <laughs> That might be early but yay for getting the correct answer <laughs> okay so cash addict dash mel I, I am going to remember how to because I, I remember looking at your username and it yeah spaces and dashes and periods and yeah okay i think i've got it right anyway <laughs> spin the wheel what do we have <gasps> oh five difficulty the well-rounded cash <sighs> Oh Couldn't boy. Be.
2: We did not plan that.
1: No, no. But that's perfect. And this is a good topic. This is the California fizzy. This is the infamous old fizzy. Oh, it's currently disabled. Oh, it's oh it maybe it hasn't been a- enabled yet. It was disabled in August of twenty twenty. Huh. That was because of the forest fires last year. Oh, so I wonder if it, if the owner is going to be going back to make sure it's in good condition. But this isn't about whether it's findable. This is about whether you qualify. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I think which one. I, this isn't the one. I, I don't qualify for the California Fizzi yet, so this can't be the correct checker. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to load up this Project GC checker. The reason why this is such an infamous one is... It is a very old grandfathered fizzy challenge. It's the very first one that was published April of 2007, April 6th. The twist to this is that you've got to complete a fizzy, but you can only use caches that are published before this cache was published. So...
2: Nothing new.
1: Nothing new. Counts. And you have, you have to have, I think it's one of, at least one of these cache types each. And... I think that's I think that's right. Um, And all oldies. So all 2000 to 2007, published before April 6th to qualify and these ones, this is the type of cash that is well, it's no longer allowed. And it gets harder and harder to qualify for because if there's no new qualifiers, as the oldies get archived, the chances of qualifying get thinner and thinner and thinner. So uh, there are there are tools and there's ways to easily find qualifying caches for this. But this is another one that you want to try to qu- qualify for as soon and quickly as possible. <laughs> and I don't know how close you are to this. I'm one cache away.
2: I but am really curious. I'm looking that up right now.
1: Right now, it's about Cache Addict Mail. So let's load up that uh, Project GC Checker and make sure we got this right. Cash Addict-Mail. There she is. Okay. Drum roll, run checker. But Oh, there we go. Now. (laughs) (laughs) Timing. No, not quite. I think that looks like maybe around a quarter of the fizzy grid complete. But close. There is a new goal for you to work on. There you go. (laughs) Looking for specific DTs placed before 2007, April 6th. I think there uh there might be bookmark lists that people have created with all of the remaining qualifiers. Because there's so few of them, that would be a great place to start. Um you know, let me just double check. So if we bring up GC11E8N, that is the California fizzy. Is it in so there's loads of bookmark lists. List <laughs> it's in 92 that different helps. bookmark lists. <laughs> Um, and if you load up the list, there's probably, we're not going to scan through the whole thing, but there's probably at least a few that have all of the remaining qualifiers for the challenge. There's one here that has, I saw that had 992, 307, oh, there was a, where did it go? 992 US challenge caches, um, for the require, um, no, maybe not. Anyway, that's something you can look at as well. Uh, to try to qualify for this fizzy challenge. Um, Yeah, oh, there's so many lists. (laughs) (laughs) So, too bad. Not this time, Cash Addict Mel. But if you uh, work at it maybe next time and you get that five difficulty, you could qualify.
0: Let us know. Oh,
1: that's a tough one. Um, So we also every month like to give a congratulatory shout out to listeners who email us a proof of qualifying and logging a challenge cash since the last show. And anyone who sends an email to challenge talk podcast at gmail.com with the GC code with a found it log, including a photo if you'd like to share Uh, for that month will be entered for the prize giveaway for a challenge talk geocoin, which I have. Right over here.
2: (laughs) Mine's in my display back here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right there. The beauty, the, uh, the big chalice, that's the word, the chalice, the reward. And, uh, that will be heading to you if you qualify or if, if, uh, if you're randomly picked from, uh, from submitting a challenge. So first off, we've got one sent in from. Merlin 1392. It is GC5J G B Zero. Now this cache it seems like it could be Yeah, maybe a simple one for some people. It is a year of Earth uh, a year of Earth Caches Challenge. So in this particular challenge, you must have found fifty earth caches in one calendar year. Okay. That seems reasonable. But fifty Earth caches. I mean, if you look at the map close to home, that that could be hard for for it some could places.
2: Be hard, mm-hmm.
1: unless you do a lot of traveling. But the nice thing about this is, he said he has he have, he found eighty one in the ca- past calendar year, so he qualified and a bit. Awesome. I wonder if those were eighty one different DTS. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Um, He also found 46 challenges this month. That's probably thanks to the Wow,
2: that's super awesome.
1: That's huge. I'm guessing, was that a power trail or was that just going out and finding random challenge caches? (laughs) So good job, Merlin 1392. Uh, That's in Van Buren, Michigan in the US. It's uh, three difficulty. Yeah, I can see that. That seems reasonable in my opinion. Um, one and a half terrain. The terrain isn't as relevant because that could be anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was placed in 2014. So post moratorium. Next up, we have one sent in from Runner Casher. And this is GC8RYVV 325 Travel Challenge Silver. And this particular challenge. You need to meet the qualifications <laughs> qualifications, and to have found a cache in at least 25 states. Okay. The reason why I thought this was kind of funny was because Bloody, <laughs> Bloody Cool sent in a challenge as well. And it was GC8TEAC, which is the 3525 three, five, five, Travel Challenge Ultimate which is to have found twenty-five states, caches in twenty-five states, and twenty-five countries.
0: Ooh! <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> Runner Casher and Bloody Cool kind of both worked on two different uh, difficulties of this same challenge. Of
2: the same challenge, love it. That's yeah, really so, neat. So,
1: silver was twenty-five states. Ultimate is twenty-five states and twenty-five countries. When I saw the silver, I was curious. What was? It? What could gold be? I think ultimate is the. Uh, the maximum of the series. Um, Yeah, three, the three, I think, I'm not quite sure what the, the wording is kind of vague. It says in either three, five, or 25 counties, states, and or countries. (laughs) It's one of those. I, uh, what? (laughs) Either three, five, or
2: 25? That means I could qualify with three?
1: Yeah, it's, this is a, well, this is a new series in the three, five, 25 travel series. (laughs) <laughs> the series rewards a geocacher who has the, taken the opportunity to travel and find caches. Each of this series requires finding a geocache in either 3, 5, or 25 counties, states, and or countries. So, without looking up, I guess, the, uh, the series of challenge caches, they are probably just variations on those numbers. And this one being ultimate, you have to look at the first paragraph, which says you must have found a cache in at least 25 states and 25 countries. So, this is another reason why you've got to read the description. <laughs> and and over a fact, a lot of people kind of skip the instructions and just use the checker. <laughs> yes,
2: that helps. <laughs>
1: it's a lot easier that way. Um, next up, we have one sent in by Kitty Catch. It was GC9FD42, which is three oldest, in three countries challenge. Nice. And this is in Australia. Published in August, so pretty much brand new. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: To qualify for the challenge, you must have found three of the 10 oldest active caches in at least three countries. I like this variation, I like that. Because it gives you a little bit of flexibility and it's not specific dates, so there's always going to be 10 oldest in any region but you only need to get 3 of the 10. So in this case you need 9 caches, three different countries with 3 of the 10 oldest in each.
2: Player's choice.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a nice little nice little variation on not quite a jazmer but you know finding the oldies mm-hmm. and it gets people out there. And this is Australia. So most likely people finding this in Australia are probably thinking Australia uh, in New Zealand, um, and somewhere else, <laughs>
2: and a trip to Mingo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a uh, four difficulty. Tasmania, what? Tasmania, the country, right? Yeah. No. I don't want to yeah. speak what I don't I know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's shameful, shameful <sighs> geography class. That was so long ago. Uh, <laughs> Next up, we're getting back into some fizzy stuff. We've got one from J-Man and it is, oh, uh, Katie Catch also said something about that challenge. She said, uh, um, I love the old caches and I'm hoping this challenge encourages not to not only travel, but to hunt out those special old finds. Because a key element that I missed mentioning is that that Three Oldest in Three Countries challenge is placed by Katie Catch. It is her cash. Yeah, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a great idea. Obviously, I like it. We like it. (laughs) Great idea. Uh, So, yes, next up, J-Man with uh, the PBC 25 Fizzy Challenge Beginner. So it's a three difficulty published in 2020 in Maine. Another purple bison challenge. Purple bison. I was
2: wondering what PBC would have been.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another big series of challenge caches. Uh, The challenge requirements for this, using the difficulty terrain grid, find at least nine caches in a horizontal line in one single difficulty or vertical line or a a diagonal direction. So this is kind of one of that that mini fizzy concept. Mm -hmm. Instead of a full grid, you're just finding a line of something. So nine caches to qualify. So that was a good one. And that's a three terrain. So not, not too hard. And again, these might be, this is an example where the, the difficulty might be rated regionally. So as a three terrain, it sounds like they've got a, a decent spread of difficulty terrain combinations in that area um, to make it not too hard to qualify.
2: Yeah. Fun.
1: Next up, we have one from Star Cacher. This is GC41TQ8 the 60% fizzy challenge all 4.0 and below so again kind of like a mini fizzy or not mm-hmm. a not a full fizzy or a percentage however you want to look at it this is actually looking for a specific segment of the grid in this case everything rated 1 to 4 of difficulty and terrain um, i know we we had an earth cache challenge kind of like this where uh, because it was a lot harder to obviously get the higher difficulties and trains for Earth caches, there was a mini fizzy Earth cache challenge where it was up to I think it was it was either three or three and a half, because that could be filled in our region. So similar, I guess in in their area this is uh, the next best way to qualify or get closer to a full fizzy. Um, and again, this is all cache types, all properties, so it's just a general. Uh, DT Fizzy Grid.
0: Good. Cool.
1: Lots of these. Send in your fizzy challenges. This next one, (laughs) I I have to to show this because I just love this. Whoever created this series, good on you. (laughs) Look at the names. So this is um, a few caches sent in by Gary of the GBs. Mm Mm-hmm. And let's say, for example, there's there's a few fizzy ones in here, but uh, let's say we have GC58R2K or 85R2K, uh, 85R2K, a fizzy in less than uh, f- oh, I lost the accent. Oh. <laughs> you can
2: get back to it. Do it. <laughs> a fizzy
1: in less than an hour challenge. A fizzy and less than an hour challenge. I've got to like work into go. it. There you a go. <laughs> Fizzying less than an hour challenge. That's getting like a full fizzy with only the doing under 60 minutes attribute. But I love this series because look at titles. It's like, I hope you are feeling regular for this challenge. Probably getting a fizzy for all regular sizes. Or maybe... 2000 isn't just 33 minutes and 22 20 seconds challenge <laughs> or or another one that he sent in GC 865 BW finds us some of this fizzy smalls challenge and look at that one let's open it up there it is GC 865 BW finds us some of this fizzy smalls challenge <laughs> gotta read it the right way so the whole series is like this. Wanted sign. You gotta look for the challenge right down here, right here. Wanted one fizzy of any type, but container size must be small.
2: Love it. Totally
1: <laughs> forces you to read it in the way you gotta read it in the way to see it. I love it. <laughs> Very okay. well done. done. <laughs> <laughs> so big like thumbs up to the owner. I mean this this is one big image. There's no text. So that might upset some people because you, you know, sometimes text is easier. But graphically, great theming. Yeah, love it. It's wonderful. And uh, placed by Stony Brook. Probably the whole series, I think, in uh, April 2019. But I mean, you just, you just want to read through all of these titles. You can't read it without doing the accent. <laughs> <laughs> some of these words I'm not quite sure about, though, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so... Yeah, good job. Two That's, thumbs up for it's that It's fun having
2: fun with, your, um, fun with all your details.
1: Yeah.
2: You can name <laughs> caches anything. I know sometimes these challenges come through, and I don't, I don't have a clue what that challenge might be until you get to the description. So it's part <laughs> of the fun. Yep.
1: Yeah. So uh, we there was a whole lot of challenges sent in this month. So awesome. Good job, everybody who qualified Thank you. and sent in. We love to hear from you. So once again, make sure that you uh go out every month, find some challenges, put yourself uh or or set goals from yourself, and let us know sending an email at to challenge talk podcast at gmail.com. And your challenges and your qualifications may get highlighted in the show. But we gotta choose the winner, and the random winner selected just before the show, this month's winner is Gary of the GBs. Woo,
0: congratulations.
1: <laughs> Woo, so uh, you have won, and uh, we will get your information to get you the Challenge Talk Geocoin as soon as possible. And hopefully the uh, delivery system <laughs> will be friendly with it. <laughs> I know I've been ordering things recently and they've been taking either forever or they've been canceled going back. It's kind of frustrating right now. So I've learned that
2: out right. for delivery does not mean you're getting it today. <laughs> <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> so <clears throat> one other thing that uh, I like to highlight every show is the uh, one of the challenges that I put out just before the uh, moratorium began and that's the Ironman Bingo Challenge. It is a pre-moratorium challenge, so placed in 2012, using rules that don't that you can't use anymore post moratorium. And this is basically your standard bingo grid. It is a five by five grid of a whole bunch of other consecutive streak caching challenges. The fun thing is these are specific properties like finding 25 days with a find difficulty three and under, or 10 days of letterboxes. That's probably not as hard these days. (laughs) Or three days, consecutive days of UV light required. One of the reasons why these challenges are no longer possible to use, or this style of idea, consecutive day stuff, is because, yeah, like if you start doing a streak of 20 days of one difficulty and one terrain, and for whatever reason you break the streak, you have to start over. But you can't use the caches that you just found again.
2: Right. So you just used up your resources. <laughs>
1: yeah. You can't go back. So it makes it a lot harder to qualify for uh, for streaks this um, this filtered down. Mm-hmm. But this is pre-moratorium. These were different rules, including the rule that you now have to qualify for your own challenge. Before you can I hide don't. it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a challenge that nobody qualified for when it was placed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I have I, th- I think Oh, because it was a streak, um I don't think there was a date restriction on this. I think if you have if you already qualified for some streaks, then you could already claim it. Oh, no, only caches found and logged after February 26, 2012. So it was also date restricted. So this is like legitimately- You're harsh. <laughs> From this date on, this is the challenge for everybody. So yeah, it was a lot harder. It's it's a, the type of challenge that's a lot harder for veterans who've cleared out their areas and a lot easier for beginners who still have everything available to find.
2: Spread the There's word to your there. beginner friends of all the things that they can possibly accomplish if they get strategic <laughs> right away.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So what I've done is uh, for this challenge, for people who complete it, I'm rewarding a Geocoin, which is still on its way, <laughs> still working on it, uh, for people who complete special shapes or complete the full card. Uh, and so I've decided to extend that challenge to the general internet public. So if you are able to complete the full grid, if you, have, if you can complete this entire challenge, uh, so not just a line, but the full grid, then I will send you one of those Geocoins as well, posting that to our Challenge Talk community. But uh, for updates since last month, nothing just yet. I know there's still people working on it, but uh, there hasn't been any posting yet. I'd like to say, if you're working on this, let me know. Post a note, share your progress, uh, and maybe it'll encourage other people to, to keep working on it as well. That is our episode there's still going to be tons of stuff so if you if there's anything that we missed or anything that uh, you want to offer then let us know but um i mean yeah, yeah these topics they never the end the
2: conversation's always open right there's just so yeah. much to say
1: yeah uh so thank you if you're in chat uh we uh, <laughs> we see your comments sometimes there's so much going on that <laughs> it's hard to to pick out good stuff but um I know it's there. So thank you for being in chat, for joining us live. And if you're listening, thank you for uh, continuing to follow our podcast. Reminder for Sunday, make sure that you tune in Geocache Talk to Podcast of Hope and get some food, get some drinks, get some friends.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I think this would be fun to sit down with uh, your family or whoever and chill with geocaching
1: yep and uh and and get some money and donate 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 we've got prizes every hour one of the strategies some people use is to donate a little bit each hour just to get into each of the prize draws every
2: drawing right (laughs) (laughs) lots
1: of strategies our uh, next show the next challenge talk will be in 2022 crazy It is the first Thursday of the month, which is January 6th. So mark it on your calendar and uh, our show notes will be posted shortly after the show airs in the video description on YouTube. So uh, if you're curious about some of the geocaches mentioned and some of the checker links and all that, they'll be there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's not about the numbers, it's about the challenge
2: challenge accepted
1: (laughs) see you guys later
2: good night